You're listening to the Retro Guardians. Special Halloween Edition. to ask you a question. What is your favorite scary movie? You better jump on Facebook and tell us. Just search for Retro Guardians Podcast. Now, for this special Halloween episode, here are your ghosts, Ben and Jay. Hi, this is Ben. Welcome, Jay here again. And uh, we're coming to you with our two-part of part two of our Halloween special. So I thought we would uh, save the newer films for another session. We just didn't want to cram it all into a one-hour-plus episode for you. We didn't want it too long. Yeah, and when we're talking about the newer films, we're talking about the... Uh, what are we calling this pathway of Halloween? The later trilogy. The, I don't know, the new trilogy or yeah, something? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's not really a name for it yet. Nah, nah. So, what about it? Well, Where I... Where did it start? Well, I was cynical. I sort of got cynical after Resurrection and, and Zombies movies. Mm. And I figured, you know, there's nothing really else new they can do with this. Yeah. It's been done before, and I think everyone felt the same way. Well... Uh, David Gordon and um, Danny McBride felt there was something extra we could go here. So they went to the you know the powers that be. They went to John Carpenter. They went to to Jamie Lee, and they did a new take. The take was they're not related, and the events of all the films, but the first one didn't happen. None of them happened. Yeah, just to confuse the issue. Yep. Yeah. And also. Their take was to do it a lot more modernised, mm. but still keep those classic traits from the original film intact. Yeah. So they did the take, and the best thing they told Laurie, uh, to tell Jamie about Laurie was, what happens when you are the, known as the survivor? What happens after 40 years? Mm. That's all you're known as. And what does that kind of trauma, post-traumatic stress, whatever, do to not only an individual, but to a family as well as friends as well? So this is a character that's really become an isolated loner, has nothing to do with people. She sort of uh, is on her own property, armed to the teeth, believing he will come back. Everyone in town, of course, laughing at her and behind her back. She has a grown daughter and a granddaughter. Granddaughter is just about to finish high school. And all their lives they've been told by their so-called crazy grandmother and lady that he will come back. Yeah, yeah. And sort of, I think he, in this sense, is more of a like the urban legend yeah, that is Michael Myers. He is. Because you've got to, uh, it's 40 years, folks. This one is set exactly 40 years after the original. Mm. 
And I have to admit, I went into it cynical and came out very appreciative. You yep. could tell these guys were all fans of the original. You really could. There's so many references. There's so many harkenbacks to the original 78 film. In all of the, the new ones or just more in the, um, the Halloween 2018? No, both, tw- uh, both Halloween uh, 2018 and Halloween Kills more than the others. Yep. They specifically did certain camera angles. They recreated the Myers house on a soundstage yep. outside yep. and in. Um, they spent a lot of money getting those things right. They cast an actor and did him up to look like Donald Pleasance for mm. certain flashback sequences. They really filled out a lot of the backstory with what... Because in the new version, we don't know how he got caught. Yeah, yeah. If part two didn't happen, how did he get caught? We see that in Halloween Kills. Mm. And um, that was very interesting. But what do you do when you're dealing with a post-traumatic stress on this level? Yeah. So that's what this film really went into, which I really liked and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And it also plays on a lot of the tropes of horror films in general and the earlier Halloweens. There's a harken back to the sheet over the head yeah. with the eye holes in it. There's harken backs to one of my favourite sequences. It's when we see him out in the open again with, with Halloween. Uh, there's a great steady cam sequence where he, we literally follow him into a backyard, then through a house into two more houses. Yeah, that was cool. So that's a harken back to the original opening of the original movie, yep. which is all in. It's in three bits. I forgot to mention that about the original film, that the Steadicam work on that was phenomenal, and that's mm. why a lot of films after that really use Steadicam well in those horror films. Mm. They were big influenced by the opening sequence of Orson Welles' Touch of Evil, which is all a crane shot in three minutes. Yep. They did it for, I think, six, and then the new version's the same. It's over five minutes of following them around and uses shadow very well, uses the music very well. Well... Because Carpenter was happy and impressed with where they were going and it was a different story, they actually asked him, would you, how would you feel about doing the music for the new films? He said yes. So him and his son and another person, I can't think of the third person's name off the top of my head, they did the new music for the new film and they really told him, you can do something different if you want. So in the later films, I know they did try some different things with the music. <coughs> so... We meet Jamie, oh, sorry, Laurie after 40 years. We discovered a few other characters who remember that night and are still around. Um, certain characters that we had mentioned in the first film, we actually see them over the next couple of the next two films. And that was something that they did very well because they weren't sure if this new one was going to make any money. Well, it made over 250 million worldwide, the Halloween 2018, Halloween 40, pretty much, I call it. And they really really knew that this was working so universal pretty much who was the new distributor said to them we really want some more now the production company was bloom house productions that did the new films and they were behind the purges the paranormal activities most of the jordan pills new films and uh, a few in between and they really do try new things but they were happy to go back and try an old franchise and modernize it but they're Producers and that were big fans of the original Halloween, so they really had to push the writers and that to keep certain things in place about Michael and that as well. So the other thing that I think you would agree with me on this, um, we weren't really happy with the masks in the other sequels, correct? Nah, crap. They spent a lot of money to get the mask right in this film to say it's a 40-year-old-plus mask that was the original mask just 40 years later. Hmm. And they did it very well. It's probably my favourite mask of the later masks. 
So it also utilizes the town more, more than the other films did. This we really go out into the town a lot more with this film and the, and the, and the follow-up films. And that was something that uh, they wanted to explore, the filmmakers wanted to explore more as well. It was not just, this is Haddonfield, but this is Haddonfield where all this murders happen in this guy in a, in a white mask killed a heap of teenagers. So how, how do you feel about living in a town that has that sort of reputation? And so it goes into that very well as well. And then, of course, it opens in a very unique way. It actually opens in a sanitarium with a couple who are doing a podcast about serial killers. Mm. They're able to get a brief interview with the new doctor. Uh, dr. Sam Loomis has died. Uh, they have a, he has a new doctor who was actually Loomis's prodigy. And he helps them, and then he, he takes them out into a into a um, uh, what would you what would you call the area? J A. Oh, it was just like on the roof or something, wasn't it? Like a um, outdoor area, quadrangle, quadrangle kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, but he's sealed off. There's like squares on the ground, and they're sort of chained to squares. And he specifically is you don't see his face; you see him from behind. Mm. Now they actually got Nick Castle back, the original shape from the original nineteen. 19- 78 version and nick actually plays the older version when he's not in the mask so when you see him standing out on his own from behind and that didn't know that yeah cool so yeah nick had become a director in the in the 80s which is why he never did the sequels Mm. Uh, he directed the last starfighter he directed the boy who could fly he directed dennis the menace and major pain in the 90s Mm. he did a few films in the early 2000s too but his career sort of you know came to a standstill after that so he was happy to come back and get back involved with these films. Now, the other complaint with the earlier films, and I mentioned this too, that Michael was too bulky. Mm. I mean, and in some, time, some movies he really looked jacked, and it was like, no, nah, no, nah, that does not work with him. Yeah. Well, Jason Bloom of the Bloomhouse Productions said that too, and he said, I want a slim guy. I don't want a big bulky guy. I want a slim guy. And um, they specifically pink... It's James... Courtney, I, I'm not sure, Jay. Hang on, let me just check that myself. He's a, a stuntman for after a 30-plus year career. Mm. So, I mean, he was happy to, to do that. And uh, just let me just... Hang on. So, the, um, we're talking about the Halloween 2018 and... Uh, Sequ- subsequent it, sequels. Yeah, what's its uh, next one called? Halloween Kills. Just Halloween Kills, yeah, okay. And then that's going to make up the first part of our show. Then we're going to give you a bit of a um, run-through on the new Halloween ends at the end of this episode. So a bit of a review on that. So stick around. James Jude Courtney. James is the new shape. James is a little taller than Nick, but once he puts on the mask and that, you don't even notice. Mm. So... This couple has also that's interviewed the doctor and tried to interview Michael. The one the, the man actually has the original mask, but supposedly the original mask from the original film. Was that the original, the real? Original? No, no, not the no. real, real original. But in the movie, they're saying it is. Yeah. Now, two little trades they do put on the new the new masks. He gets hit in the neck with a sewing needle from the original movie. Um, Laurie does does him like that, and then she hits him in the face with a. Um, coat hanger mm-hmm. so what it does it, it widens the ho- the left eye hole a little bit like with a little dent mark yeah both the new mask has the dent mark on the eye and has the pin needle mark on the side that's cool so they really kept that alive 
And also what they're saying too is she actually blinded him in one of his eyes. Yep. So when she hit him in the face with the um, mm. with the um, coat hanger, he actually blinded him. So the new version that he does make up up to wear underneath the mask, we never actually see it, but it's for a no. character thing. And the mask was more grotty in these ones, wasn't it? Like it was, it's been aged. the traps, yeah. aged. Because if you look back at the H2O and the res, they um, they were clean. Yeah. Like the masks were too clean. They just didn't look right. Whereas this one, they're, they're, they're very aged. And But the moment that we both love is um, in the new film is he's escaped, yeah. and of course. They're moving him to another new um, institution. Really, yeah, yeah. And he gets out and he lets all the other uh, inmates <laughs> out as well. Of course he does. And then kills uh, a guy for his car. Well, he tracks down the couple that's doing the uh, web uh, podcast, your podcast yeah. and tracks them down to a service station. Mm. He kills the one of the service station operators yeah. in the in the garage and puts on the jump shoot, the the overalls, and then there's a great moment inside the toilet, which I think was a great great moment. It's the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, man, that freaked a lot of people out. This is the girl that's hiding in the cubicle, and you see the, the feet under the um, yeah the stall as he walks in, and then he just drops a handful of these teeth that he's pulled out of. This now, last while victim. that's happening, the the, the, the the man is outside trying to pay money, but there's no one in the in the. Yeah. And he realises there's blood behind it. And when he checks the garage, he realises there's another body. And when he runs in the toilet, he confronts Michael. Mm. And it doesn't end well. Michael goes out to the car and the mask is actually in the boot. And there's a great moment where we see him put the mask back on then close the boot. And it just starts from there. That was done well. This this film, I think, is 2018. It was done well. I mean, both David and Danny spent a long time getting it right. And there's a lot of things about this, absolutely, that were done right. They've, they've spent the time, I feel, that they've, they've actually thought it through and they've thought, okay, what's going to work? And they've done it properly. And also... And I think that's really kept the fans happy. And I think as we talk about these next couple, especially the, the new Halloween ends, I think my opinion is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> so one other thing they did, they actually spent time with the characters. Mm. With the sequels, they really did not do that. It was very quick, and we didn't get much about them. So they made sure you knew who these characters were, you know, the personality types, all that. They're, they're teenagers, you know, you believe that. Now, like with the earlier films, they spent a long... They, they kept up a tradition where they introduced actors with these films. As I said earlier in the earlier podcast, uh, Paul Rudd was introduced in Halloween, Curse of Michael Myers, and then Josh Hartnett was introduced in H2O. Now, uh, they picked a new up-and-coming actress for to play uh, Laurie's granddaughter. Mm. And it... Um, I, what's, Jay, is it... Andy Matichak. Andy Matichak, yep. Yeah. Uh, this is her first film, and you believe her to be a real, real girl, not just... Uh, not just yeah. something in a tight miniskirt and that's it. Mm. And I think that's where it's different between this one and ends. I, I don't think they cast um, that role very well, but anyway. But um, as as the movie goes on, it's all set in one night, of course. And then people start finding out he's got out again, especially Laurie. And then um, she manages to get a side of him a couple of times and then draws him to her home which we've now discovered she set it up in a specific way if he ever returned now they do play on all of the tropes they really play on the obvious ones but they do 
put in a lot of modern surprises and they do talk on a lot of subject matters that really do make it modernized but it, it ends on in a very sort of uh, ambu uh, very ambi amb ambiguity jay am i saying it right mm. ending that if you don't know how it ends you hear him breathing in the credits so you know he's still out there yeah yeah now they weren't sure this movie was going to do well enough so I thought we might play the a bit of the trailer now for your folks and you can just have a listen. Mm, so this is um trailer, Halloween. 2018. And, uh, 2018. So let's see what you think. I'm waiting for him. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in nineteen seventy eight. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Laurie Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out the wall! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman. He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? Yeah, what a good one. That, that, I'm, yeah, I was really wrapped with that movie and the way they've executed it, um, no pun intended. Um, the big yeah. debate with Halloween Kills was, okay, how it ends without spoiling. There's no way he could have got out of there alive and we're all dying to know how he gets out. And the thing is, it's um, she set her house up as a, as a trap for him and then burns it down mm. as her daughter and her granddaughter are on the back of her truck driving away. All the fire trucks come in Go up, yeah. and they inadvertently let him out where he then starts taking them on one by one. And there's a really great image of him coming out of the doorway on fire. 
But what they really did cool with him Didn't for this hide film, in like a metal uh, gun cabinet or something, yeah, down yeah, there to avoid getting burnt. Yep. Yeah, cheeky bugger. And he has this melted look mm. with the mask after burnt mel- melted look. But I love the fact that the jumpsuits melted a bit as well. So he has this look for the next film, mm. which was a good way to go a different direction. So with this film, hang on, which film are we talking next? We're already talking about Halloween Kills. Okay, we're on to Kills. Cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. With this okay. film, it goes back into things that we didn't... Like, we don't know what happened to a couple of characters in the earlier film, and this film shows us. Also, they refilmed an intro uh, flashback sequence which shows what how they actually caught him after the original movie. Yeah. And there's a moment in the original movie when the sheriff and Dr. Loomis go in the house and they say, what's that? Looks like a dog. You know, and then Loomis goes, he got hungry. Well, in this flashback version, we actually see the dog. We actually oh, see it this time. Yeah. They spent a lot of money to get that house right, and they recreated it on actual uh, stages mm. just for this whole film. But the other thing that does this is like with the original sequel, it's all set in the same night. So both Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is all in the same night. back to back, yeah. yeah. And um, we now know that an actual gay couple have bought the old Myers house and are actually living in it now. And done it right up, completely... Uh unrecognizable from the original yeah so that was a, a different idea to go with too also we discovered that both tommy jarvis Lindsay, and the original nurse from the original films are all still living in haddonfield and they're all still trying to cope in their own way there's a character that we hear tommy mention in the original mo- movie called lonnie lincoln mm. we actually see lonnie in this film we see him as a kid and we actually see him as an adult and it's actually his son that's going out with um, uh, Laurie's granddaughter. And um, so it really fills in the blanks with a few characters. And one of the other surprises, we actually see the original sheriff, Brackett. He's now a security guard at the hospital, which is where they take Laurie to get looked at. So we actually, and it was actually played by the original Charlie Cypress, who was in the original movie in that too. Allison, I'm trying to think of um, Laurie's mm. granddaughter's name is Allison. Yeah, yeah. And so it, this film really goes into what the effect of hysteria has on people and what can ha- have on that crowd mentality. You know, what in this modern age, what, what really makes us afraid and how it can be infective. And, sort of, and I also think this was done, it got, came out, uh, it was postponed because of COVID by a year, which I think was a good thing for them because it still did all right financially. And then it really goes into all those other areas like how do you cope with fear how do you let fear control yourself all that this film really goes and centers on that and it also centers on how does a town do that as well so we see that from a lot of different points of view in this film and what that effect could have on a child and then what happens when they become an adult as well so I really loved all that angle of this movie. I mean, the kills are very memorable. Um, there's a caretaker slash graveyard attendant that we see in the 2018 version. She shows up again in this one, and Michael takes her partner out and then uses lighting fi- fixture on her, and she's, um, we think she's dead, but we discover in the end she's actually still alive, but she's in a wheelchair permanently and can't talk. Mm. So she actually survived, technically. So this is all one night. It's all uh, continuous. It's all yeah. kids going, no, nah, there's no such thing as the boogeyman. And, of course, he's right there in front of them. Yeah. yeah. So there's also a really good nod to ha- Halloween Season of the Witch, Jay. Did I tell oh, you about okay. that? Oh, now, is this to do with the mask and the colour of the, yes. um, the poster art? 
No, it's the three original masks from Halloween 3. There's three kids wearing them. Yep. And when Tommy and Lindsay and that go out to look for him, they find three victims. And the two of them are on a um, merry-go-round spin wearing two oh, of the masks. Right. And yep. then one of them is tied up in the um, swings with the, the green That's witch actually mask. in the trailer. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can see those three masks in the trailer. Yeah. But they actually did that, yeah, with the with the cover art. That the, for Halloween... Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, he's a different colour in each of the, the trailers, uh, the posters, sorry, and it's a harken back to the free masks from Halloween Season of the Witch, which I thought was a nice little touch. Mm, yeah. I didn't mind. What did, what did, so what was your um, take on um, Kills? You, you enjoyed... I did enjoy I enjoyed yeah. 2018 and enjoyed Kills. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were good. And I thought they were a good um, flow on from the original 78. That's exactly what I was about to say. It works. If you, what we were talking about earlier, it is choose your own adventure. Mm. So if you were just to watch the original film, then watch these, you would understand them completely. It's yeah, not would. like you That's need true. a lot of exposition. You don't. Yep. So that worked really well. Yeah. So I think this moves us into the second part of this podcast where we're talking about a review on... Now, for those who haven't watched the latest Halloween, Halloween ends, ends, a spoiler alert. This is the part where you need to tune out if you don't yep. want it spoiled. So, um, now it's it picks up where Kills left off. It's four years later. Four years later. Okay, that's right. Um, oh, and, oh, it might even be five, to be honest. No, I think it, yeah, it was a few years. Um, and where's Michael been? Where's he been on holidays? He's been in Hawaii sipping pina coladas by the beach. Where's he been for those four years? He's been hiding. Mm. Now, it's never fully... Dis- explain why he's been hiding no he does it he's done it for 20 years before and another um, lineage of this film and he's decided to go on a break for four years even serial killers need a holiday but um this film takes a tangent in a very different way um we are introduced to a character that it's the year after his return in 2018 people are still scared and afraid and a character is, is babysitting a little boy it's a it's a guy and he shows him a scary movie, which ironically happens to be The Thing by John Carpenter. And in the original movie, uh, uh, Lindsay is watching uh, the black and white thing from the 50s. So it's a yeah. little harken back to that. The kid's been a bit snarky with this guy. And this guy, from the outset, is sort of a very intelligent, well-mannered, polite guy with glasses. Name of Mr. Cunningham. Uh, Corey Cunningham, Joe? Corey Cunningham. Yeah. Yep. So we get a bit of a, he's studying for uni, he's getting himself ready, we hear all these things, and then he goes out to, to put some rubbish away and then comes back and the boy's gone, he can't find him. Yeah. And he doesn't know where he is and he looks through the whole house, can't find him, and then finally gets to the attic. And this has got a really weird staircase, like with one that, a very high one with a very steep centre point in the middle. And he goes to the very top of this goes in the in the attic and he gets locked in the attic the kids actually locked him in there yeah playing a joke on him yeah Yeah. being a little shit and because earlier he said are you you afraid of anything i don't get afraid Mm. and then he's really getting afraid by this point as this is happening the parents return from their night out and he's really terrified he does not want to be in this room he starts kicking the door and finally he bursts open but he bursts open so hard it actually knocks the little boy over the edge and he falls to his death. Down like four levels? It was like the fourth floor. It was a really high, multi-level house. So this kid's, yeah. And that's the, the thing the parents walk in on is walk in and he suddenly Sad. slams. It was pretty brutal. Like, I was watching that and I'm going, holy shit, that's uh, pretty graphic. Yeah. 
And then they start screaming and crying, and then they look up at him, and he's realised what he's done wrong. He's holding a knife, just to make it look even worse. Yeah, which he found yeah. on the stairwell. Yeah, so it sort of starts off... and, and this Unusually is, different for yeah, Halloween. It is, and, and it sort of now creates this... Well, that sets the ground for this new character, Corey. And, and this is where this Halloween breaks the mould from the previous ones. I, I feel like Michael Myers is not the main character in this show. No, I don't he's, either. He's a backseat uh, driver here, and I think it sort of takes the focus off Michael, and I think this is oh, it's sort of giving me vibes of Halloween 3, although we've got Michael appearing here. He's not the main main fellow. And the thing that's bizarre, Michael seems old. He seems decrepit. He seems... Disabled. Weak, disabled and weak. He, it's like he's not capable of killing. So he sort of somehow takes this Corey... Uh, under his wing, doesn't he? In yeah, so so Corey, we cut to four or five years later. Yeah. He obviously did not go to uni. He was working in his his father's sort of junkyard, yeah. working in the um, the welding department and with cars and wrecks and stuff. And when we first see him, he's actually on a push bike, looking a bit nerdy, riding in. It's a mountain bike. And he pulls up at the, the place, goes to work, and then we find out it's his father that owns the place, goes... I want to show you something and it's a motorbike it gives him a motorbike it needs a bit of work but you can have it and then over the period of the next uh bit of time he sort of goes through a transformation now i do know for a fact there was a heavy influence from carpenter's christine on this mm. with the character you can tell of, by the name can't you yeah it's um is it gordy arnie Cunningham. arnie sorry it's arnie yeah um figure keith gordon that's the actor who played in original christine and he goes through a transformation like a jekyll hyde kind of thing and it all involves that a couple of bully kids that he dealt with earlier they push him off a bridge he survives it but when he's coming to he sort of crawls into a sewer main that's under the bridge and that's where he discovers michael's been hiding all this time <laughs> and michael's gone you ripper he's my new apprentice I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to teach him my ways. And this is where I think it's a little bit weird because we don't know, is he just teaching this kid or has he transferred some of his evil to him? I think it's Yeah, implied it's, it's implied, but we yeah. don't know. Yeah. And then this kid goes through a major transformation in terms of personality and everything. And Yeah, he becomes evil. But yeah. not, not fully blown evil. Like, but, you know, he's in terms of he, he can still portray the nice boy to his girlfriend and stuff. He's not evil all the time. It switches on and off. Um, which was interesting. So what they also did with this film, uh, Laurie has bought a house and is living with Alison. Lindsay Wallace swings by. Uh, Lindsay survived the previous film, uh, Halloween Kills. She's the only one, the only few survivors of that film intact. And uh, a few other characters implied from the other films, including the sheriff and, and one of the main deputies in that are in this film as well. And Laurie is getting her life together and she's writing a book about all the events that have happened. Memoirs. And and some people found that a bit weird, to be honest. The the narration of her book throughout the movie, like it sort of took away from the plot, you having to sit there and listen to her memoirs a little bit. So some people didn't like that. But um, she inadvertently introduces this character to her granddaughter. Hmm. And I think she just feels partly responsible when things start to happen that this is her fault again. Mm. Now, a lot of people blame her for... There's a, there's a disc jockey that's on the air and he's saying things like, this guy was mentally retarded and you egged him on and things like that. And it's just really peeing people off left, right and centre. But a lot of people are agreeing with him. 
there's a really good moment at the supermarket where she comes out happy after talking to someone and then runs into a lady who condemns her for what happened to her cousin, the, the, the caretaker graveyard attendant from the earlier film that I said, we don't discover that she's still alive until the next film. And she's pretty much an invalid stuck in a wheelchair, unable to talk. And it's just that thing about, I think, towns and people bent on people without realising there can be consequences of that. Yeah. And then when it does happen, they play the victims. Yeah. So I yeah. think this, this kid, Corey, is a punching bag for a lot of people because he did one thing wrong and it cost someone their life, but everyone blames him for everything to make themselves feel better. And so when someone something like this happens, I think, when the consequences of your actions now provoke someone and it can go that way, I think then everyone immediately plays the victim and tries to get weasel their way out of it, but they're just as responsible as what happened earlier. So I think that plays on that notion these days, especially with the internet, with no no more um, consequences of your whatever comments. You're, you're calling someone a name online mm-hmm. and someone could take their lives or do something based on that these days and there's no more sort of consequences to your actions. Mm. So I think it plays into that a bit, especially with the modern stuff. And then it goes down this really weird thing that, as Jay was saying, that um, it um, he sort of becomes Michael. Yeah. He really, And it's a slow build. It's not a, like straight away thing. Yeah, and it doesn't really explain why he's killing. It doesn't explain if Michael's driving it. it. Doesn't explain if this character's doing it of his own like exploration. Does he want to become it? Because he he was a good kid before this, so we've implied some transfer of evil from Michael, but we don't know if it how that's driving the killing, which which is up to the viewer, isn't it? Really? Yes, I think it is definitely. Um, is it some sort of supernatural control he's got over him, or is he just gone bad? We never know. So, no. So the other thing this film does, it acknowledges COVID. It actually acknowledges that some things had happened a couple of years before this, okay. not just Michael. So that was the first film I, I, I'm aware of right now that's done that. Right. So yeah. that it says it's 2022, essentially, and someone mentions about the, the pandemic or something. Yeah, know. okay. That's good. So that was the first, I think it is the first movie or slash show that's, I think it's one of the first movies actually to do that. Mm. I know a few shows have mentioned it. A few it. shows have. I've seen a few shows where they've been wearing masks and talking about it so yeah yeah so that was the first movie to say this and that and also the fact it had been four four or five years let's say since 2018 so the the character allison when we first meet her is a a student finishing high school with a a whole life ahead of her and when we meet her in this film she's damaged she's broken she's Mm. now a nurse and she's just trying to cope and she's living with her grandmother jamie lee curtis laurie strode yeah so it's getting up again to Halloween. It's been five years now. A lot of people believe he's really gone this time. She doesn't, of course. Mm. And um, the events with Corey put things back in motion. And whether it's Michael's intention or not, I don't know. But it definitely reinvigorates him mm. to come back out again. Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole sort of um, weird pit in the middle with Corey and, and the mask and all this. And the bullies he goes after that. I've all wronged him the start of the film. And also there's a very memorable scene where he goes after the DJ that we've heard earlier on the radio and we meet actually earlier. And I think for, even for Jay, it was a bit too much for Jay. There was a moment with scissors. Mm. That's all I need to say with that scene. And I, I think in general, some of these kills in this movie were pretty damn gruesome. They, they were, they were gross. And I think, um, and, and look, they're, they're not Michael. This is, this is the other guy. 
Um, Michael's done a few kills, but the most gruesome ones were done by the other fella. And um, I think that's one thing I just wanted to talk about, and we, we're spoiler um, allowed here. So the one Ben's talking about is where the DJ gets his tongue pulled out of his mouth and just chopped straight out of his head with scissors, which I found quite hard to watch. But I think that's a metaphor for you know how dangerous you know the mouth and tongue yeah, can yeah. be. I do think this one really showcases sort of the punishment fits the crime yeah. for a lot of the characters, and, and that sort of gets me on to the next um, gory murder I wanted to talk about was the uh, the junkyard. So oh. yeah, Corey Lewis, these high school bullies who were sort of the they this started the storyline where he was bullied by these kids and they're uh, trying to get him to buy them grog pretty yeah, much. it just started like that and it's grown they've been protagonists through the movie and in the end once he's become bad he takes revenge so he's lured them into this junkyard where he's executed a few um fairly gruesome kills on these teenage bullies and one of them just in and this is where i think it pays a bit more homage homage to the uh Christine. Christine movie yeah. is where he's got in, in the truck and just run over this girl. It, right? uh, it's, a, it's a tow truck, folks. Just tow truck, yeah. yeah. She's on one side of a, a chain link fence and he's And she's trapped under the car. Straight through it. Absolutely brutal. And the other part, that, like uh, the main bully, he's gone and taken a bloody oxy torch um, straight to his mouth and set him on fire through his mouth. I mean, holy crap. Just before weird. that moment... Um, Corey's father is actually at the junkyard, but he's watching a yeah. movie with headphones on, and then, then the bully is playing a Freddy cat now, calls him, and he goes out with a handgun and hands the bully a lever action Winchester. Well, the bully fires the lever action at Corey, but it hits the father in the head, kills him straight away. Yeah, right in the middle of the forehead. Yeah, and then said scene afterwards is the oxy, but then he walks up to the girl... He, there was another girl which he took out earlier, but the, this girl that's stuck under the car is actually the one that was trying to get him not to be what they were doing to him earlier in the movie, and he yeah. doesn't give her any pass at all. Pretty much crushes her head in with his boot. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And then he gets in the car, goes to his mother, who is a very overbearing, domineering, typical cliche kind of mother, mm. and he, he's not subtle with her at all. Um, and then he goes to yeah he goes to the train uh, to the radio station takes out the secretary and then does the said scene that Jay mentioned earlier with the tongue, and then heads back to Laurie. Now at that point I wa- I had to duck out and take a leak quickly so I didn't see exactly what happened in this moment afterwards, but according to Jay he sort of has a moment when he realizes he's gone too far, and actually tries to kill himself doesn't he Jay? Corey, yeah, I think he, um, well, I don't know whether he intended to kill himself or just uh, incapacitate himself for a minute to throw Laurie, but um, Michael actually comes along and finishes the job and kills him. The the next part of it is what I found probably the most, one of the most stupid parts of the movie. Yeah, you didn't believe it. No, so it's a battle of the the finale between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode in the kitchen. Now, Laurie's also drove... uh, Sorry, Laurie's granddaughter at this point doesn't believe Laurie and has jumped in the car and taken off. Mm. While she's taken off, she sees the radio station burning and then suddenly one of the deputies gets in contact with her and says, we've just got to report that your mother, someone committed suicide in front of her and she immediately turns the car around. Yeah. But the thing is, so th- let's talk about this battle in the kitchen. Uh, how old is uh, Jamie Lee and or, and or her character? Both of them would be early 
sixties or mid sixties. Okay, so I think he said sixty five or something. So she'd be sixty one. Well, hang on, hang on. The original movie, she's eighteen. Cut to matter. forty years later, she'd be fifty. She'd be in her early sixties. Yeah, yeah, she'd be in her early sixties. We're talking an elderly woman here, okay? An elderly woman in her sixties battles a immortal serial killer, and she kills him. I mean, she's she's killed him numerous times throughout this franchise in more, um, I guess, um, brutal ways. But she overpowers this serial killer. And I'm just like, come on. A 65-year-old lady in a kitchen overpowering the serial killer. She's, she stabs his hands with a knife straight through his flesh and bones into the kitchen bench top and pins him down. Sort of like a sort of crucifixion. Like Jesus to the yeah, cross. Yeah, crucifixion sort of uh, set up. And then pushes the fridge over and crushes him and... Uh, and then, like, I mean, this is ridiculous. So this is where, and this is what I'm thinking. This this movie's lost the plot. Like, it's we're, we're, it's bad enough that Michael Myers hasn't been our main killer through the movie. We've had a different character. She, we've now got an old elderly woman that's just killed him. I'm like, this is just getting stupid. But then it gets even more ridiculous, in my view. They they take Michael's body for the ceremonial destruction. They um, but before they do that, Laurie actually uh, slashes his wrists. Yeah, to bleed him out. But we know Michael. He uh, some knives through the hands and cutting of the wrists. It's not going to kill him. He's got to be finished off properly, and they know that. So they've got a plan in in play here. The, the funny thing is, they've strapped him to the roof of their car, which was like a old shit box station station wagon. wagon. Like they've strapped him to the roof, and Laurie and her granddaughter are just parading him through the town and saying, look who's on the roof of our shitbox. And we're going to go do something with him right now. And then it turns into a procession, a procession of people. Procession of everyone, yep. We do see a couple of the kids from the, the 2018 version, now a little older, following them. We do say the said victim I mentioned earlier who's now in the wheelchair and she's actually smiling. Yeah, the town wants to get rid of And we see the sheriff who we saw briefly in the earlier two movies yeah. wearing a distinct cowboy hat. He... One of the deputies said, this is not in the in the manual, he says it is tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's the one night of the year they can do what they want. So they've taken him to the junkyard, and they're disposing of him. They're putting Michael Myers to rest for now, maybe, permanently, we don't know. We're not sure. They've minced him up like some mincemeat by chucking him into a crusher. Yeah, and uh, by the way, the body that they used was believable. You do, he, he sort of folds in on himself as he mm-hmm. goes into it. And it states that we don't know where the body is. They throw him in a hole somewhere afterwards. No marker, no nothing. So we don't know. There's no acknowledgement that he, that he has a tombstone or anything. Mm. And then it sort of cuts back to Laurie still writing her book. And then we see uh, Alison leaving town like she intended to to get out. And then there's a nice little moment at the end with Laurie and said deputy. But then there's a moment where we see the mask is still lying in the hallway after Laurie and him fought each other and then it just sort of ends mm. but it ends in a unique way that it, i said this to jay earlier it ends with it says halloween ends mm. and then we hear don't fear the reaper from blue oyster cult playing and as it plays the halloween fades and it just says ends <laughs> and then boom we go into the song has it ended is yep. this the end are they going to make any more we don't know if we had an answer we'd give it to you but right now we're yeah. just as confused as what you are but at the moment, it seems to be the case. But I've said this before. Give it 20 years and someone will come along and remake it again. You know, I already know that's going to happen at some point. Because when you get into a franchise that makes money from an iconic character, no matter what era we're in, there's always going to be opportunities financially with that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in summary, um, 
Look, I was a bit disappointed in Halloween Ends. I thought if you're going to really end this franchise, this needs to be the big butter boom. It needs to have some real magic to it. Um, and and last two in this in this lineage were quite good, but I feel like this one it was just missing some magic. There was it just wasn't there. Um, I don't think you you didn't mind it though. No, I didn't because they were trying to break the cliche of what I said earlier, yeah. and I get why they did something different because honest to God. If it had been like the earlier ones, which were just clones of the original... Yeah, you have to be careful. It's hard. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. a balancing act, and I know that. And, I mean, I've heard complaints with other movies, especially like Mad Max Fury Road and a few others, that a lot of the original fan base didn't like them. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter what they did, people would have complained. Yes, I do agree. But I do like the fact they stuck to their guns. I give them credit there. If I met... Danny and um, David, I would thank them. At least they tried. Mm. They did keep a consistent storyline between all three of them with the characters. Mm. It's not like the main characters are all different people in this film. They're the same people, but a couple of years later. Mm. I liked all that. I like we got to see Laurie go through that arc. But at the same time, I, I was thinking they thought the same thing. It's like, no matter what we do, we're going to piss people off yeah, for this yeah. one. Let's just do something different, end it, get it over and done with. I think yeah. that's their mentality here. Mm. So there we have it. Um, I think. What do we... you give it out of ten? Oh, so look, I'm I'm not rating it super high. I'm, I'm probably going to give it a, a maybe a four. I'll give it a six. Six, yeah. But we'll go back to the other two because we actually didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Halloween eighteen, I give uh, an eight out of ten. Yeah, I, I was I quite like that one. I'd probably give that an eight as well, actually. And I, kills, I'd give a seven. Yeah, kills. Um... Yeah, I'm giving that one a six. Okay. Pretty close, but... Um, but, yeah, we both agreed Ends wasn't the best one of those no, ones. No, look, I'm, I'm, and I, I, although I was a bit low on my score, I'm not saying... Um, it's terrible. It. I'm not saying no, it's no, terrible yeah, either. It's not a flop. I, I think it it did what it set out to do, and it yeah. did it differently, which is good. Um, now, one other quick thing I want to add, and I told Jay this earlier. Uh, Danny and... Uh, sorry, David and Danny... Mm-hmm. Um, Universal already asked them to do this again with another series. They oh, said, what would you like to do? another one of these? No, like, no, 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 no. They told them something which they couldn't believe and Universal put their money where their mouth is. So they're actually going to be re-rebooting The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm cool, I'm cool with that. I'm down yeah, with that. Yeah, so they convinced Universal. Universal bought the rights of The Exorcist off Warner Brothers for $400 million. That's mm-hmm. how sure of this Universal were. And they've already planned a trilogy with that as well. And they're bringing back Ellen Burstyn, who was in the original Exorcist. Mm. And she has said over the years, someone asked her, why didn't you do any of the Exorcist sequels? And she would always say, they never paid me the money I wanted. Mm. For this trilogy, she said a number, they gave it to her. And she said, I will do whatever you want, as long as I get this amount. And it's going into a trust that I'm starting for actors. Yeah. That'll be out in the next two years. I do know they're going to film them very close together because she's getting up there. She's nearly 90. So I know they're going to have to film fast. So that tells you how much a studio has faith in these guys after these films. So that's a very interesting little tidbit to add on to this and to also end our Halloween special for this year. So um, thanks for listening to our double episode Halloween special. Or shall I say All Hallows Eve? Yes, indeed. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be doing something different next year for Halloween. uh, I think we're going to make this a tradition from this point on. And I'm just going to say on another note, thank you for everyone listening to us. I mean, we really enjoy what we do. So if you have any ideas or any suggestions, please check our Facebook page at what, Jay? 
Retro Guardians podcast on Facebook. And uh, don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcast app, give us five stars. That would be great. Well, I'm Ben. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Halloween. Don't eat too many lollies. And uh, make sure you keep the lights on. Trick or treat. Trick or treat, indeed. Bye. Farewell. Yeah,